Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Today, we will be talking with Jill Van Orden, founder of Arts Reach Center, and Jalyn Webb, owner and director of the Academy by Diva B. After moving to Fort Collins in 1999, Miss Jill made quick connections into the arts community and soon became a much sought after and loved freelance choreographer for local high schools and other local performing arts organizations. In 2012, Jill founded her nonprofit organization, Arts Reach Center, offering year round performing arts opportunities both in her studio and in many area public schools. Through Arts Reach Center, Jill has produced and directed over 40 productions at local performance venues and is best known for the inclusive, thoughtful, and supportive environment she creates with each and every cast while teaching performance skills, developing self-confidence, and life skills to each and every child. A favorite performer and vocal coach throughout Colorado for the past 25 years, Jalyn Webb has an impressive list of performance and directing accolades on stage, as a national anthem singer for the Colorado Avalanche, and an incredible vocal and stage coach and instructor for kids of all ages as well as adults. Together, these two powerhouses of talent and instruction are joining forces to continue to give back and provide quality performing arts education for the Fort Collins community. So I am super excited to introduce my guest today because not only has my own daughter been a product of what you guys do here in the community, but she's going to continue to learn from you. So I'm super excited. I'm equally excited because I know you guys separately and then all of a sudden you've joined forces. So I am really excited to introduce Jill Van Orden and Jalyn Webb, two powerhouses in the community here in the arts community. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to learn individually a little bit more mm-hmm. about who you are and your organization, maybe Jill of Arts Reach Center, and then your business, mm-hmm. Jalyn of Diva B Productions and the Academy by Diva B. So whoever wants to go first, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Well, I found a niche about 2010 for a little smaller focus performing arts organization. And I had previously been doing a lot of freelance work in the public schools. I was a choreographer, a director, and I just noticed that there were more students who would benefit from being involved in the performing arts. So I founded Arts Reach Center, which is a nonprofit performing arts organization. And a lot of the work that we do is taking performing arts opportunities into our public schools, elementary, middle school, high school. And I didn't really intend to build a theater. It just took on a life of its own. And at some point, I felt like a traveling circus. Everything went with me in my van. And I thought, this this has grown beyond my van. This has grown beyond just doing little outreach programs with various schools. So I rented some space. I put down roots. I hung up a sign. And Arts Reach Center, it just kept growing. More families, more children had a desire to be a part of our growing community, our arts community. And there we are. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And what about you, Jillian? Well, uh, my journey has been very interesting, but mostly rooted here in Northern Colorado. I moved to Colorado when I was a sophomore in high school, went to Rocky Mountain High School, uh, went to UNC, have a degree in music theater. Uh, I did some master's work at CSU. I taught at CSU. But then I kind of branched out into a re- big retail corporate career for a long time, all the while performing and singing and teaching and directing whenever I had an opportunity. And in, let's see, it's been almost five years now, four and a half years, I uh, turned 45 and thought, what am I doing? Uh, I need to be engaged in the community full time. So 
I took all of that experience, which started really at the Colorado Academy of the Arts years and years ago here in Fort Collins, where I was a teacher and an assistant and a director and a performer. And then uh, I decided it was time to just kind of start my own thing. Fortunately, I had some great ties in the community at the time to Midtown Arts Center. And so we had a facility. I was performing there. It had a program that had started that was pretty small. I, when I came in and I took over the program, we grew really, really quickly to what we are today. We have a lot of years of putting on very professional shows for children and giving them an experience, at least a little taste of what it's like to be a professional in the performing arts community. And when did that start then in with the collaboration with Midtown? Uh, it started, gosh, I think it was about 10 years ago that they did their first camp at the old carousel dinner theater with Michael Lazarus. Okay. And he did an amazing job running that program, but he was also doing a lot of other things and didn't really have, I don't think that the time to spend marketing and doing all of those things or, or a way to do that. So when I came in, I was really fortunate because I had such a great team of teachers and instructors already in place, uh, as well as with my years of experience and being in the corporate retail marketing, sales and marketing world, I had a little bit of an advantage uh, to sort of bring that into play as well. So we were able to grow pretty quickly from one summer camp, which had been happening to two and then to three and then to four last year. So it's been wow. a, a real growth experience. Wow. And a wait list too. And a huge wait yeah. list. It is crazy. I have it on my calendar oh, yes. to sign up <laughs> January 20th. on that day. January 20th. Like, even though I'm seeing patients yes. the day, I'm like, excuse me, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Sign up and then I'm, I'm back. Yeah. I know. I think it's, it's just amazing. I started getting emails in September about what we're doing, which I'll share right here for your listeners. Uh, we're so excited to be presenting Peter Pan this summer with our three different sessions, as well as uh, doing some younger kids uh, with Jill's program, which you mm -hmm. can talk about a little bit uh, more, but we are in partnership now with the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, and we're doing kind of a hybrid this year. We'll be rehearsing for two weeks here in Fort Collins and then doing Tech Week at the Candlelight. So That's there won't right. be quite the the drive all three weeks for people mm -hmm. who are local here in Fort Collins. Uh, we all have a wonderful space at Studio West. And in the summer, we have a lot more availability with their larger rooms. So we're really excited wow. to uh, kind of bring the best of all the worlds together mm -hmm. to create, yeah. I think, one of the best summer camps wow. we've ever done. Oh, so it, excited. It's going to be phenomenal. We get to move out of the upstairs uh -huh. of Studio West down into those larger rehearsal rooms and at Candlelight Fly Rigging. Correct. Yes. The we, kids are going to fly. Okay. Not all the kids. We're not going to have all the kids. every kid fly, but uh, there will, uh, there will be some flying. God willing. And the insurance forms. <laughs> well, yeah. my daughter came home because she was in a production that had silks last yes. summer. And she comes home yes. and what she tells me is, so mom, I've got this form you need to sign. I'm like, okay, what is it? She goes, it's the waiver of death. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> Yeah. I was like, um, I said, did Michael tell you that? And she said, yes. I go, okay, give me that release. <laughs> <laughs> so she's probably, she might, yeah, I don't know. Depends on who, what kids fly and what kids mm -hmm. don't, but yeah, she will be excited to hear that there will be flying. Your yeah. children are safe with us. Yes. <laughs> and Dave Clark, who uh, is yes. the owner of the candlelight. Mm -hmm. I think he gets almost more excited than yeah. we do. Oh, how fun. He just loves seeing the kids and the connection and came to every performance of Tarzan last summer. And he's just been really, really great, really wow. supportive. Yeah. Okay. And then, yes. so you mentioned since we're on the summer, you mentioned yeah. that there would be some availability for mm -hmm. younger kids. So tell me a little bit more about yes. that program. Oh, one of the things that I have started at Arts Reach Center, uh, I think that's where I first met your daughter, Natalie, was at a summer or session. Or McKenna, yeah. McKenna. Mm -hmm. Storybook Theater. Oh, yes. Storybook Theater. It's for... Kids K through third or fourth grade, we 
choose a show that is appropriate for their age level, their skill level. It's engaging and yet challenging. And it's a very hands-on process throughout the week. They learn the characters. They learn the story. They have a say in their costuming. The set design, we always have a day set aside for painting. I think that's one of their favorite days. And by the end of the week, these little kids are fully prepared to put on a musical performance, a mini musical performance for their invited friends and family. Awesome. So kids as young as kindergarten? As young as kindergarten. All the way up to high school Mm -hmm. will have summer choices then. Okay. Awesome. All at Mm -hmm. Studio West Center. uh, Yep. Studio West Dance Center. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Off of Forest yeah. So it's really interesting. I kind of sit here and I laugh because my daughter started dancing at Colorado Academy of the Arts. Oh, yes. Very, very young. Oh, my and goodness. that was her first dance class when we first moved here. She was very little, like probably three or four. Was she in my class? I don't. She had, I don't remember actually. She had a teacher that was, I think, in college. So I'm not oh, really too sure. She was yes. a cute little um, brunette. So she actually started dancing there. Yes. And then she went to Studio West. I think she started dancing at three because then she went to Studio West and became part of their ensemble team from age five to just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And then she worked with Jalen and mm-hmm. Michael during the summer a couple of different times. And then she was at Arts Reach Center for mm-hmm. lollies, I remember. Yes. Yeah. So then okay. now it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like everything yeah. is happening and you're at Studio West dance center now too so everything oh is goodness. sort of full circle yeah full yeah. circle I which is that. very very yeah. cool yeah okay so let's get a little bit now on to the arts reach center okay. and the nonprofit work that you okay. do so what have you done so far you've talked about outreach um, mm-hmm. to schools what's some of the ways that maybe you get schools involved in what you're doing I totally take lead from the school, from their community, their administration and staff, what they want brought into their school. And it generally falls into one of three things. Either I come in after school, totally independent, teach an hour once a week for a set number of weeks. And at the end of that time, we put on a showcase for their invited friends and and family. Shepherdson is a good example of an elementary school that likes that kind of an enrichment program. And I've, I've been going over to Shepherdson for over 10 years. Is this an after-school program? It's an then? after-school okay. program. And it's free to the kids who just want to um, sign the up? The kids sign up. I believe there is a small fee to cover some of the... Like an activity fee. Activity or, fee. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. something like that. And I've seen some of those kids over the 10 years of going to Shepherdson participate every single year. Sometimes they go on and do, uh, are a part of a bigger production at either the Academy or one of Arts Reach bigger productions. So that's if I come in as a totally independent. Then more normally, I work in conjunction with either the PTO or the school staff. And I just finished a wonderful program at CLP Middle School. And through kids had signed up for musical theater, ELO, and it was a real mismatch of kids. They were coming from everywhere and we didn't have much time. We met two times a week, 45 minutes and only over about six weeks. And so I thought I I need to bring something to them that gets them comfortable with each other, assesses their skill level, their interest level. So what we did was Mad Lib fairy tale skits. Oh my. <laughs> right, Jalen? Oh, I love it. You know where uh, this is yeah, going. I sure do. <laughs> they they did not know the fairy tale that they were completing the Mad Lib form for. But once they filled in all the blanks, they read them aloud. We laughed really hard. And then we started dividing up into groups and casts. And I let them kind of self-direct in their casting. I just led them along the way. What are some basic set pieces? What are some basic costumes? And again, very involved process, organic process with the kids. And then just last week, we performed in the evening all three of our Mad Lib fairy tale skits, along with some silly little vocal numbers in the evening for their friends and family. And it was a success. It shows me over and over again, yes, we have wonderful performance venues in Fort Collins that are great to take advantage of, but good art is happening 
in so many different places. This was the gymatorium at CLP Middle School. And one of the dads came up to me afterwards, and I had known him previously from another production venture. And he said, you know, when, when you stood up and I, and I heard your name, I thought this is going to be good. And that was a real affirmation to me that bringing the performing arts into the schools at whatever level they are at, it's meaningful. It helps their kids so, so very much. Tavelli Elementary School, I want to go there for a minute because I have worked nearly 10 years with the amazing music teacher, Tara Sparks. And we have put on full-length productions, the whole process from auditions, casting. We put kids on set, sound, costumes, as well as performing on the stage. Not everyone finds their passion on stage. For many of them, their passion is behind the scenes. You put them in front of a soundboard, a light board, and it's as natural for them as we see some kids, it's as natural for them to get up and sing and dance and perform. So eight, nine years ago, after our first performance, understandably, the principal there, Christine Hendricks, was a little skeptical. This is an elementary school. It is not a theater. We have tests. We have curriculum, we have standards, but after that performance of Alice in Wonderland, she took me aside and said, I will do whatever it takes to make sure this happens year after year. Wow. This is priceless. Well, and Jillian, you also said, I believe, as I was reading your bio too, that you helped write curriculum too. Is that correct? Okay. So how did that occur in the schools as well? I taught uh, for two years at a core knowledge school when they were first beginning here in Fort Collins. And I had graduated from college, had toured for several years around the country with an acapella group and came back home and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And Washington core knowledge, as it was called at the Mm -hmm. time, which is now Trout, was just forming. And I was very good friends with a lot of people who were on that board. Uh, I had taught a lot of those kids uh, at the academy, actually. And they Uh, were- Clarify, Colorado Academy of the Arts? Colorado Academy of the Arts, the the first home of all Mm -hmm. of us. So the principal, Art Dillon, called me and we met and I became the music teacher there. In the process, because there wasn't a lot of curriculum quite yet for core knowledge, there was obviously so much written for the basic classroom kind of activity and and information there. But it was a kindergarten through sixth grade school at the time, three sections of each class. And there was an amazing art teacher there as well. And so we started writing that kind of curriculum that tied into what they were learning in the classroom as well. For example, if they were learning about the Renaissance, they did Renaissance painting and then we did music of the Renaissance. So we tried to come up with things that would really connect. And so I presented at the National Core Knowledge Curriculum at the big uh, convention that happened to be happening in Denver that second year I was teaching. So that was really fun. And I loved getting to talk to all of the different grade level teachers and really work on things that worked with their programs. And the musicals that we did for the most part also aligned with what their curriculum was as well. So uh, in fourth grade, they learned about Lewis and Clark and we did this really cute Lewis and Clark or Clark and Lewis as the tagline was uh, in the musical. We did a musical of that, which was really, really fun because the kids were learning at the same time in their music class and in their art class and in their classroom. So having that kind of synthesized learning, I think is so important. And I loved Love doing that. I um, was a little insane as a young mid 20 something teacher. Mm -hmm. And I I thought to myself, I look back at this, I I think, how did I do this? I started a a before school choir uh, that um, ended up performing all over the place. We performed in the malls all the time at Christmas time. It's called Music from the Core. And then I thought, I can't just do one musical per grade level because there's 75 kids. So I need to do one for every single classroom. So oh every classroom God. got their own musical. <laughs> and I was uh, a little tired. A little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. I don't know that that much has changed no, actually in 20 no. some years. But you know, you, you bring up a really interesting point that I wonder how many people, not just educators, but parents who are, of course, so invested in their child's education, realize that the performing arts does touch 
all across yeah, the curriculum. Yeah, I think that's Amen. so interesting Amen. how mm-hmm. you incorporated that into what they were learning, you know, yes. especially being at a core school. So yes. I never, I was always so fascinated by how quickly the kids, and I remember from my own education, you know, when somebody says, can you name the 50 states? Of course, I know the song. 50, the book exactly. 50 United States from 13. So, you know, but the yes, books of the Bible, when you all have that type of, these, of learning, exactly. Yeah, it yes. helps to to stick things in your brain. That's why Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, when oh, I was, you know, I was, yep. Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> I was a little kid in the 70s and mm-hmm. I watched all of those and mm-hmm. I could still sing them. Yep. And so having those kinds of things, it's so important. And to jump onto what Jill just said, I don't know if people People really, really understand mm-hmm. and read the studies that connect all learning to having performing arts as a part of your education. It gives kids uh, better test-taking skills. Mm-hmm. It helps those synapses in the brain start to connect. When you have piano lessons or music lessons as a young child, all of those things really change the trajectory of how you are able to perform in other subjects as well. So mm-hmm. it's so crucial. Well, Three. the confidence too, I think. Absolutely. With the yeah. performance, you yeah. know, because I've seen kids that haven't had the exposure to it. And when it's time to maybe get up and present even a report in school mm-hmm. it's very nerve-wracking at that yeah. time but three little quick stories one schoolhouse rock i i just did that uh maybe 18 months ago with some young high schoolers and no kidding they came back and told me that knowing we the people right. <laughs> in order to form a more perfect union help them on a government test oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah and a much younger kid you know the performing arts, it, it reaches your audio learners, your visual learners, your kinetic learners. And I had this little guy, oh, it was third grade. And I thought, if I don't find just the right place for this kid in our show, he's going to bring it all down. So a kid like that, you don't put him in the ensemble. You put him front and center. I cast him as our lead. And he took all of that energy that he had and didn't know where to put it. He put it right into his role. He was amazing and so engaged. And at the end of that, he told me, Miss Jill, I love you as much as my dog. Oh. <laughs> High, my- praise. <laughs> High praise. High praise. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 my, my dog died and he's in heaven now. Oh. But I love you as much as my dog. <laughs> You know, that's very kind. There is no paycheck. Okay. So it makes me think like I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm just curious, when did you guys start performing and getting involved in the arts, whether it was singing or like, do you remember? I obviously I can remember from my daughter. I don't even know. Remember from me, but you remember. I remember pretty vividly. I was, um, I was two. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know how you sometimes, you don't know if these are memories or if it's like somebody told you, but they're all connected at this point, but I'm a December birthday. So I had literally just turned two. And at the time we had a huge family reunion Christmas event every year in Denver for my mom's side of the family, the Oberg Christmas party. And there back then were several hundred people at this this Christmas party. And there were always skits and music and people mm-hmm. did things. And I leaned over apparently to my mom and said, I'm going to sing. And so they put the microphone as low as it would go. And there's pictures of me, little tiny, you know, white curly hair and just singing perfectly. I had perfect pitch Mm -hmm. and I just sang a a song or two. And my mom thought, well, (laughs) here we go. Was that the first time you actually like sang like that? Or were you kind of one of these kids that walked around the house singing? I think I I did. My mom said I would, I created entire television shows and I did all the voices Mm -hmm. and I did commercials. And, you know, when we played as little children, I'm the oldest of five kids. There were often shows that were staged. And uh, a big joke in my family was when the movie Annie came out, I think I was maybe 10 or 11. We went to see it and I came home and we immediately staged it. And most 10 or 11 year olds would, would have wanted to be Annie, but I was Miss Hannigan uh, because I wanted to have a bottle and I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And, uh, 
my little littler sister Rachel, we said she could be mm-hmm. Annie because also she fit the wig that we had at home. So because <laughs> you yes. just happened to have we a just red happened curly to wig. have a red curly wig or some yes. kind of wig that we could put on her. So it's always been a part of my life from church musicals to school musicals to professional. I did my first professional show when I was 17. I missed my senior prom because I had a show, and that's something that's always been a huge. And my family, my dad is a singer. He's a worship pastor here in Fort Collins, and Jill can tell you about some of my other family members, but mm-hmm. we've always sung. Our family vacations would be in a big conversion van. And, you know, there was no games or television really back then. And we would listen to cassette tapes of gospel music or, you know, old quartets and acapella. And we would sing Ezekiel saw the wheel and every, and we'd all make up harmony. And we were known as the, instead of the Vaughn traps, we were the van webs because <laughs> we were van, in a van. In your van. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What well, about you, Joe? Uh, well, similar. Some families, it's just a part of their identity. My family, more of a dance background. And I remember as a young child, me, my older sister, any any of us, all of us getting together in the living room, putting on the vinyl records. One of our favorites was Peter and the Wolf. Mm, you know, that I old, totally remember or, that yeah, one. The we, record. And, yes, the record. And we would dance to, we would make up these elaborate dance scenes. I, there were parts and segues and solos and duets. And we were so busy. We believed we were on Carnegie Hall, you know, (laughs) it didn't matter that we were on this shag rug in the living room. There was always music playing, always dancing. Our family Christmas parties, there is always a program. And I've been getting texts from siblings for several weeks now. Are you working on your number? And yes, are okay. you? Uh, yes, okay, yes. <laughs> this year, I'm I'm breaking out. I'm doing a little uh, song on the bells. Wow, yes. so it's still, still going it's still, on. Oh, still. Oh, wow. my my mother is 78. Last year for the Christmas talent show, she stood on her head and what? terrified. All of us, especially my family members who are physicians, <laughs> we are going and I that, that love was two, that. Yes, two. Wow, that was always her thing. She's the headstand champion of <laughs> of the family. That was two years ago, actually. Last year, she did a tap dance number. Oh wow! To rocking around the Christmas oh, tree. Oh my goodness! In, in costume. So when in is costume. this party again? December twenty eighth. <laughs> NOCO FM is a 24-7 internet radio station. A little different, isn't it? Always streaming at www.noco.fm. We play all types of music from all over the world. Rock, hip-hop, indie, electronic. Everything has a place at NOCO FM. Well, except for bluegrass. There are other places that you can hear that. Thank you for listening to NOCO FM. Hi there, my name is Kevcat, and I am the host of NOCO Gadio, airing Fridays at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you like what you're hearing, please consider becoming a member of our Patreon. Your support is vital to keeping us on air and growing this awesome community. Find out more at noco.fm. I also want to add in here, which I think is so crazy cool. We were talking earlier about the full circle of yes. everything. I taught Jill's kids yep. uh, for several years. And Jill taught, uh, I mean, the closest mm-hmm. thing I have to kids are my nieces and nephews. And mm-hmm. uh, that particular sister, we live on the same street. Her kids are very active in the arts and theater. So I'm kind of like their theater mom slash aunt. I think I'm like that to a lot of people. But Mm -hmm. Jill taught those kids. Love them. And they all did several programs at Arch Reach as well as the Academy. And it was so fun. We keep kind of dipping back Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. her kids were at the camp that I I teach at an away camp. You can, you could tell stories. You know the story I'm going to tell. No, I don't know. Okay. Okay, Go ahead and tell. Oh gosh. But anyway, I just, I love that we keep intersecting. Yeah. And, and that's why this path 
has merged and feels for people who don't know that might wonder what are why what? are they what are what? they doing how do they know each other this for me this feels like coming home yeah Aww. this this feels well of course Okay. So what's the story? Well, I have a few. Now I'm nervous. No, they're good stories. Well, I remember my daughter, Amanda, who had a great mentor in Jalen. She was young in high school, 16, 17, and again, performing with Colorado Academy of the Arts. And there was this big belting solo. And she was still very young in her voice and in her training. And belting was a new thing to her, how to do it safely, correctly. I remember... You remember now standing in the wings. And I was like, Jalen, is she, is she going to be okay? Can she do that? And, and you just looked at me and reassured me. Yeah. Yeah. She's got this. She's got this. But that goes back to the first year our daughter, Amanda, attended DPAC, Durango Performing Arts Camp. And you drop them off. They're there all week. This really intense performing arts learning experience. And then you come back at the end of the week for this incredible showcase. And I think Amanda was going into ninth grade, Mm -hmm. probably. Yep. And so my husband and I, we were sitting there in the audience. We knew Amanda liked to sing. We knew performing was her passion. But you put her front and center on a solo Big River. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that was my production number. <laughs> yeah, that was your production number. And uh, my mouth dropped. I turned to my husband. He was crying because until then, I mean, uh, Amanda was a child like Jalyn was singing before she could talk, singing before she could walk. We knew that she had a passion for it. We knew that she had some level of skill and natural ability. But until that moment, I don't think Amanda had really recognized what was inside of her. And it was, um, you know, through that mentoring, through that coaching that she is now a living, working performer in downtown Salt Lake. And wow. Yeah. So we crisscross. Here's where I first met her nephews. Back when I was a freelance choreographer, I would go out to Windsor and help Peggy Rosencran and Linda Hall do the Windsor Youth Summer Camp. Yep. And there were these two cute little boys that I didn't know from anyone. We were doing Susical that year. One was Jojo. One was a Wickersham. And I remember them coming up with all of these antics and yeah, I can flip him. Yeah, I can. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. And no, it's okay. We're brothers. <laughs> yep. That, yeah. That yeah. That was like them. The brothers. And so that, that experience kind of came and went. And then I was, Arts Reach Center was doing Peter Pan and I was holding auditions and I was having all these great kids come through the door, but I hadn't seen my Peter Pan walk through the door yet. And Jalen had been texting me, yeah, I think my nephews want to audition. And then they walked in the door and it was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Those are your nephews? And if you know her older nephew, Lincoln, he is Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) And so anyway, he he was Peter Pan and the younger was Michael or John and. And Eli. Eli. Eli is amazing. He actually was Ralphie in Two Years on Christmas Story. And he was Gavroche in our production of Mm -hmm. Les Mis. And then just recently at his high school was Marius in their Les Mis. Les Mis. Yeah. Okay. So he's a pretty incredible. Wow. Okay. So I, love those boys. I always, yeah. I'm such in awe of people who coach or instruct or teach mm-hmm. kids. Okay, okay. So what makes you have this passion to work with kids? <laughs> We're you know, insane. And, <laughs> and like, I'm sure they've taught you things though, right? Cause that's what oh. makes you oh, continue to do this. Of but course. So there's a couple of parts to this question. So what have mm-hmm. they taught you? Mm-hmm. And then maybe what are some of the challenges or maybe some of the wins that you've experienced by working with kids? Well, let me just say this. I'll start, Jill. Yeah, Um, go ahead. I have been doing this for a long, long time. I started assisting and teaching classes at the Colorado Academy of the Arts when I was in high school. So 14, 15 was when I really started it. And I think I fought it for a little while. You know, I did not get an education degree. I just kept teaching. And I think that was a little bit of just being stubborn. And, you know, I want to be a performer. But one of the cool things about my life that I've really realized in as I'm kind of at that weird halfway point, 49, is that my performing informs my teaching and my 
my teaching informs my performing. I can't really do one without the other. I've discovered they, they are so great. I think that one of the challenges in the world we live in now is that kids today are faced with so much that they shouldn't have to see and live and deal with. And a lot of that is social media. A lot of that is just where we are with the internet and the things that they can find and see. And also it gives a way to be a bully without a face or a name. You can Mm -hmm. say something and you don't have to really stand behind it. I always say, because I speak at a lot of um, youth conventions as well. I always say in my day, in the olden days, (laughs) you had to really go out of your way to be the kind of mean, you'd have to write it on a piece of paper, on a note. You'd have to call someone's house and it was like a family phone. And so you either had to leave a message on an answering machine or talk to a parent. There wasn't this unsupervised way that you could say something without really thinking about it. And the kids that I see today having that kind of overwhelming pressure, I think is why we, I don't think kids have always been anxious. I think Mm -hmm. that we've created a way for them to be anxious and having a place where they feel like they fit in, that they're part of a group, that they can do something that makes them feel more than instead of less than is why I think theater is so important. And above all, and you know this because uh, McKenna has been a part of it, I don't care what their talent Mm -hmm. level is. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is the kid and teaching them to be kind, responsible, respectful members of society that have integrity is what we're all about. And all of the things that we do are based around those things. All of the awards and things that we do in the way that we try to teach kids to be mentors because we're building that program so that the big kids are always looking out for the little kids. Uh, Sometimes the little kids look out for the big kids as well. It's so crucial and it's so important to me. And I think that's why I love it. And these kids have taught me about tenacity, about determination and about passion and There's nothing like it when you see one of those performances and you see that kid that struggled or that had something that they thought was not something they could overcome and to see them on stage and to see their whole face and body and eyes light up with that sense of satisfaction. There's, there is truly nothing like it in the world, in my opinion. It's absolute magic absolute magic and there's so many individual children and their story come to mind and one thing that Jalen and I really share and feel passionately about is there are two kinds of performers there are selfish performers and there are unselfish performers and we are not interested in selfish performers we we are interested in helping those kids realize that being an unselfish performer is so much more satisfying you will go further you will be a better human being on this planet if you learn that performing arts is an unselfish endeavor. But I think we just had an experience like that with the mm-hmm. best Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. We had a, a wonderful student who got very, very sick. Oh, that's tough. It was one. It was such a tough call. These that's are always hard, hard things. Mm-hmm. You have a, a child with with a pretty contagious illness, and you have thirty other children, and it's the Christmas season. And we also have a show to put on in two days, and we had to make a pretty difficult decision to bring somebody else in. And we brought in a kid who learned the show in a day, wow. and performed. And our uh, our poor little sick buddy was, of course, you know, you're sort of heartbroken, heartbroken yeah. but was gracious and kind. And mm-hmm. we expect to see so much of these two kids going forward and so many other shows and just instances like that yeah. make us realize, I think, that we're we're doing the right thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a team. Yeah. Um, a couple of sweet little stories about reaching those kids who might not otherwise feel like they have a place. A few years ago, again, at one of my summer camp storybook theaters, I had a sweet little kid. You would know his older sister, Brianne Johnson? Yeah. Oh, of course. Well, she was assisting me that summer, and her her younger brother, uh, Caleb, was in the summer camp. I think he was eight, nine years old, and he has autism, but he just soaked everything in. He learned his lines as well as everyone else's. We didn't know if he was going to say those lines or say them at the right time, but just a sweetheart of a boy and just enjoyed being there 
and a part of that group so much. I placed him downstage right, and he would be close to me where I was running the sound. Well, anyone who has done a show with me knows I am not a great techie. I get so involved in what the kids are doing on stage, or I forget to wear my grandma glasses. But Caleb right there, he picked up on every cue every music cue. He could see the little numbers. He knew exactly when to start. He knew when to stop. And so he kind of became my impromptu sound guy. Miss Jill, it's time to push play. Okay. Okay. Got it, Caleb. So what a contribution. What a a wonderful gift he brought to me, to the cast and, and for himself to be a part of that. Another one of my favorite little performers. I met her first when she was in first grade. And she came and did one of our storybook theater camps. We did a cute little show called This Old Gingerbread House. Lots of little forest animals. Remember, these are kindergartners, first, second graders. Funny, funny show. She wanted to be a yellow bird. So we got her a great costume. And Adelaide is nonverbal. So I sent her lines home with her mom and programmed them into her little audio box. And when it was time for her line... She pushed her button and she had a voice on stage. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, story. yeah. Wow. And, and she's been in one or two since. And I, I hope I hope to see her again. What have I learned? Everyone has something to yep. contribute. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as a nonprofit, right, mm-hmm. what kinds of things do you both need to help push the needle forward, whether it's volunteers, financial mm-hmm. support, mm-hmm. time, what kinds of all things? Of the all of the above. My my husband, <laughs> he, years ago, he said, well, have you thought about getting a part-time job? I said, well, I have a job. <laughs> did he say one that you bring on money from? He did. <laughs> he, he said, no, you have a hobby. Yeah. You have a really messy and expensive hobby. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons why we're so grateful yes. to partner together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and We have a couple of great ways through our nonprofit arm of the business that people can contribute. And the money that goes into that portion is used to fund scholarships, which are very important to both Jill and I. We don't ever want to see kids Mm -hmm. not be able to perform. Yeah. And up until this point, the scholarships have kind of come out of my pocket on my end because... That's just what we do. We sell our our swag and our sweatshirts and things like that. I actually purchased that myself. Whatever we make off of those, we put back into the scholarship fund. Last year, we were able to give away eight scholarships, which was pretty incredible. Yeah. And for the first time, got to partner with Realities for Children oh, and give two great. kids through that program a chance to come to summer camp and do the Tarzan camp. So uh, I'm going to rattle off the ways that people can yes, contribute yes, right away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the easiest one and the, the one that I... I, I'm excited about this. You know, when you kind of go, duh, I mean, like, like, why wouldn't you do this? If you are out there and you're a listener and you have a King Supers card, which I don't know anyone who really doesn't, you use those, either your phone number or whatever. If you go to their kingsupers.com website, you can actually link that card and a percentage, I think it's 3% Mm -hmm. of everything you purchase. It doesn't cost you anything. King Supers actually gives us back. So if you think about how many families who grocery shop and buy gas, all you have to do is link your card to Arts Reach Center. uh, And it's super easy to do. It takes, I did it and it took I think 30 seconds to do it. So kingsupers.com and you can go online and link your card and then we just receive that. There's there's nothing that, that you so need to we've, do. Uh, we've done this both at my kids school and yes. then also for Studio West too. But what you're saying is if I'm hearing correctly, because I think it's it's actually a gift card. No, that, no, oh, it's no, not. It's your King this Supers is your card. King Supers oh, card. Changed. So this it, is okay, different. So it's yep. the rewards, the King, your King Supers, Supers rewards card. card. Perfect. So okay. all you have to do, it'll walk you through it on on their homepage. Okay. You click down on a drop down bar and Must we can send you the in- in. instructions. You type in your number. I think instructions are both on the website. On the website, okay. Facebook pages. Facebook pages. Yeah. People also do it if they go into King Supers and go to that customer service I desk. I believe too? you can. Okay. And you Probably. can just link your card. Yeah. And then we, oh, wow. we and then that just shows I didn't up know to that. us. Every, it's so crazy. Every quarter 
a little check she will come a mailbox center yes okay awesome wow perfect one more kid or two more kids that that get to participate right so that really is exciting to us you can also always donate uh, directly to arts reach center you can do that on the website you can drop off a check these are tax deductible donations that you can make to arts reach center you can just do that anyway and then we have a last little plea that we're going to send out there to the Mm -hmm. world if anybody wants to do it we did a raffle we partnered with 31 bags, which is really cool. And you can buy a $10 raffle ticket and all of those proceeds then will go to help us complete our mirror fund. We're over halfway there. We're going to finish it up. We've done drawings for the first half of it, but what people don't realize is you do still have to pay the cost of the bags. So we've paid yeah. for the bags, but we don't have any Haven't money any yet money. for the uh, mirrors. For the yeah, mirrors. The mirrors. Okay. So we would like to continue to do that. Again, our Facebook page is the Academy by Diva B, which you can go on and we post nearly every day about mm-hmm. all three of these ways that you can contribute. Okay. Of course, if you are interested in volunteering, we are about ready to start in January our spring production. We have two. We have uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat for our middle school and high school and Rats, the musical Pied Piper for our littles. Uh, and then those littles will also be the children's chorus of Joseph. They'll be singing in a couple right. numbers okay. of that. And do the so, pre-show. And for, do the, they will, the pre-show. They'll perform yeah. a first before we do the full production. These will be at the Magnolia Theater at the Lincoln Center, March 13th and 14th. So if you have any kind of backstage skills or want to mm-hmm. help with costumes or props, you can contact either one of us and we love that kind of help. Awesome. And I'll have everything in the show notes to all the ways to contact sure. you. Sure. Perfect. A couple of shout outs to Josh and Elizabeth Rosen of The Great Pumpkin have been fabulous donators in the past and have super talented kids that are involved in the program as well. Julie Jackson just stopped by and dropped off a donation check from her place of business, um, Enterprise. So thank you. Thank you so much. That little check that they dropped off do we even have time to start bullet list the expenses of the performing arts? Um, <laughs> rent for your performance space, rent for your performance venue. And we're talking easily that starts at $1,500, wow. can shoot right up to $2,000 in nothing flat. I don't think people understand that you have to pay royalties. Royalties. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, to pay for the music. For the and music. And that's just music, for renting script. the script. Wow. Yeah. So not not counting all the other things that go into it. Costumes. Costumes. Uh, time. Teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. of those kinds of things cost money. The rent on the on the building that we mm-hmm. rehearse in, even yeah. if we're not there, we right. that's we're still paying. Do you guys plan to do other fundraisers to get the kids involved as well? Well, you know, we had really hoped with the 31 bags that the kids would be excited <laughs> about that. But we we haven't really talked about more beyond that. We kind of want to finish that one off before mm-hmm. we start our next one. But I am sure that we will continue to do those kinds of things throughout our performances and through the summer productions. And really the, that Kroger card. The Kroger I mean, card is so easy. Well, easy. And I only bring that up too because I sit on four nonprofit boards. Okay. And so we do a lot of different fundraising. Yeah. And then of course, I've got kids so all throughout their sports careers, yes, yes. Know, performance careers. They've had different things that they do. And I've been on a booster club for Studio mm-hmm. West. So there are little things that you can do in the community that I think like what you said, I don't think that people know how much expenses yeah. there are and yeah. whether or not they're not their parents, but the grandparents that come and watch mm-hmm. or Absolutely. things like that. You know, there are different ways that because it's, it's hard to always squeeze money out of the parents that are, you know, paying. Right. Right? Of course. But when of you've course. got the cute kids out there or, you know, True things story. like that or, you know, <laughs> well, there's there's ways that you can kind of maneuver that to bring in for fundraising. It is expensive. It can be um, expensive for families to participate in a production. And we always try and find a creative way to help them get involved. We offer work scholarships. There is so much effort that goes into pulling costumes for a show. And then when that show is over, everyone is excited. They're ready to go home and collapse. And yet those costumes, those props are sitting there in a pile. So come back the next Monday and help us re-inventory all those costumes and and props. We're very, very big on making sure that the kids that do have scholarships are invested in Mm -hmm. their scholarship Mm -hmm. and that they know what that means. We don't just hand out money. We don't believe in that. That's part of our, our mission statement is to make sure that the kids are, are actually know what they're involved with and they're participating and they're giving us a reason, not just, well, I just want to do this and I don't want to pay for it, but these are my needs. 
And mm-hmm. those are the kids that work the hardest, mm-hmm. that help us, uh, that are great examples to the younger kids. It's just a really cool way for us to give back and to teach them how to give yeah. back. Another way that I love the work scholarship in action is the older teens coming and helping me with some of the productions younger for the kids younger class. kids. That mentoring, that teaching, that's so important for them to be a part of that. And that's actually how I started. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take more classes and my family, I was the oldest of five kids. We couldn't afford for me to do that. And so I started teaching and assisting to help offset the cost of my classes. And that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. Well, I enjoy you guys so much and and I'm so blessed that you're here in this community, just not for my own kids, but for the families here. And so I have one other question that I always Mm -hmm. like to ask too. So What might be one piece of advice that each of you can share uh, with our listeners about making the world a better place? Hmm. You want me to go? (laughs) I I have my thought. Okay, go go. ahead. Okay. Be kind and be inclusive. And I hope a cute little story to go along with that. Now that we're kind of partnering and I'm being introduced to lots of new students, as well as many of my former ArtsReach students are joining us. But I overheard a conversation between two young boys, six, seven years old, a former student and a new student. And the former student said, Miss Jill's really nice to me because she knows me. New student said, hmm, she must know everyone. Thank you. Thank you for that. That your child feels loved and welcomed when they're with me. And every show is my favorite. Every student is forever in my heart. They change me for the better. Just be kind. Love it. Yeah. I love that too. And, you know, we have a whole B theme uh, Mm -hmm. with my Diva B. And so we use the B kind, be inclusive, be all of those things. But I have a favorite quote that I kind of re-say to myself every single day, and it's this, every event holds the potential for purpose and destiny. And I like it because of the word potential, because that means you get to choose that path. You can see what's in front of you and make a choice to be kind or to help a a friend. Or, you know, back in my retail days, sometimes it was seeing a mom in a store with a stroller and four kids and just giving her a bottle of water and saying, you know, do you want me to watch your stroller while you go to the bathroom in our nice (laughs) store? And you never know what kind of effect that can have on the people around you. And so if we can instill kids to have a love of the arts, to have a love of each other and their their teammates, and to create things with kindness and joy and integrity, then I think that we've done our job. Yeah. Oh, that, that was so awesome. I'm just like, oh, thank you. Can I tell one more favorite yes, story? Absolutely. You can edit it out if we get too long. But this... <laughs> This really kind of catapulted my journey in realizing what an impact the performing arts has. So we were dancing Willy Wonka. This was with Colorado Academy of the Arts years ago in the Lincoln Center main stage. And the show went fabulously. It it was enjoyable. It was creative. It was colorful. Afterwards, there's always this big breakdown, this hub of of excitement, cleaning up, moving out. And in all of this backstage hubbub, I noticed one little student, seven years old, standing there alone with tears coming down her cheeks. Mm. And immediately my heart just sunk. I thought, oh no. But I went up to her and I, I said, Bethan, what's wrong? You did a wonderful job. The audience loved it. The the performance was fabulous. And she said, I know. (laughs) I know. She had been a part of something bigger than herself. Wow. And absolutely magical. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you both so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm.
If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM.